All right. So uh, here we are, another live at you for Friday, September 28th, 2018. And I have the happy yams with me here. Hello. Hey, thanks for having us. Y- yams, like like jams, but uh, the, the soft J. Yams. No, Y-A-M-S. Y-A-M-S. We picked it because we wanted to be the Sweet Potatoes, but that band name was already taken. Oh, well. So we thought... Sweet potatoes, happy yams, you know. Yeah, it works. Good vibes. I, I, are you happy that you landed on the happy yams? I think, yeah, I think yeah. it's it's embraced the style that we have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also, we have a lot of songs that aren't as happy, and then we just like, we call those sappy yams or... Oh, yeah. Or whatever else we can come up with at the time. Because yeah. it's like our name is happy sounding, but not all of our songs are happy, so... Yeah, so here's what I'll do. I'll um I'll pump your guys' volume, and then you can kind of keep it a little further away. Um, and we'll just kind of dial it in as we go. Um, let's see. Uh, so Ryan, Ryan, and Hannah. Um, so let's just start with where I met you guys. Uh, we got to play Veg Out Fest, um, over St. Patty's Day weekend. So back in March, and I remember it was St. Patty's Day. Um, yeah, kind of like aim it is going to talk and then uh, yeah, so perfect. we're so dealing with technological constraints two microphones for three people the math doesn't quite add up <laughs> um but uh yeah so i remember it was saint patty's weekend because there was that raucous bar uh and raucous loud irish rock band oh, happening yeah, you know down the street um so anytime we were in between songs uh, there was some sort of jig or ditty happening but uh, but yeah, so you I, I got uh, I got to play that gig and you guys were up after me and um, yeah what, what, two days like that yeah did you do both you did both I days, did right? both days yeah, yeah it was it was a cool gig what you uh, how was that gig for you guys to, uh, what do you remember about it and um, just kind of catch us up with what you've been up to since then yeah. Um, yeah for that one that was there was a lot more foot traffic than our other recent gig so we liked that we often play smaller shows. Yeah, the the farmers market slash open air festival gig is like a beast unto itself, mm-hmm. because typically you're not expected to bring people, which is one of the uh, kind of hurdles or, or expectations, um, depending upon how you look at it and right. and kind of where you are in your in your journey. Um, but uh, it it is nice to just play for like walking past traffic. You to know, play for the world and the yeah. world the world kind of walk. You stand in one place and the world walks by. Yeah, that, those are sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say the pressure I feel like on those is a little less because if you're not doing, you know, so hot one part, well, they keep walking, they walk by again. Uh, but it's also fun, too, because um, specifically where we were, we were kind of at a crossroads area, too. So people came by once and they normally came by a second time. So you got to kind of pick the songs, too, that that if you if someone doesn't stay for the whole thing they can still enjoy it you know so right. you got to kind of select songs that way yeah and i remember we were playing for like an hour an hour and a half like i don't remember what those gigs were but like yeah, once you once you get up over like 45 minutes then you start having to be careful about like song selection and keeping the energy and and you know just kind of keeping it going and keeping a, a fresh show for somebody that is going to sit down and eat their falafel you know while exactly. they're while they're there um but uh but yeah and then it was kind of goofy i remember helping you guys with sound gear because they were kind of splitting splitting the sound tech between two stages so um we are relatively new to you know speaking of technical difficulties our own um you know setting up for shows and things like that i think ryan knows some of the stuff but depending on the equipment it can vary and we had no idea what we were trying to do. I think we ended up starting like 15 minutes late. Yeah. And that, that'll happen with those the, you know, kind of <laughs> homegrown gigs. Um, they obviously had uh, a very ambitious idea of what was going to happen for the music. And I was yeah. glad to be involved. Right. But I was also like, um, so I guess I'll plug myself <laughs> in, in yeah. you know, which I, I'm used to doing from pub gigs. But, uh, but you know, uh, usually it's nice to have a, another set of ears and hands and and it wasn't even our gear, right. you know, I was that like, was so a... I'm, I guess I'm going to mute this channel. Right. And I would have just brought my own active. stuff then if I knew, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah, we did bring all our own stuff there too and just left it in my trunk. Yeah. We could have set up by ourselves if we wanted, but 
Yeah. What other kind of gigs have you guys done? Uh, how recently have you played? So we'll get to the EP. Um, you have a new EP out. Yeah. Um, but uh, kind of what's going on with like uh, performance first, and then we'll we'll dive into the EP. I want to say, I think that was actually our last performance this yeah. year. Um, we had kind of a busy year just personally. Um, we had some job changes, which was very exciting. And then um, some health issues with family and things like that, which mm. you got to kind of put performances off. Um, but I know we're reaching out to the Mesa Music Festival that we've done the past two Novembers, nice. um, which was always a lot of fun. And every year we do it, we get upgraded a stage. So <laughs> we're like third year. We'll probably have a pretty decent stage this year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, um, and also I've been doing um, solo stuff like I have. I just started launching my own just like cover songs thing. So I've been trying to get more of those kind of gigs as well. Very like cool. Weddings and yeah. Stuff like that. I just used like gigsalad.com for people to book uh -huh. me through. Okay. It's pretty cool. Okay. On like an online booking yeah. platform kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. I haven't heard that gig salad. You try, you can get some, some good offers through there. I've gotten like six already. Interesting. Very cool. Yeah. yeah the, um, Gotta use technology to your advantage. You I was know? <laughs> just gonna say, like leveraging the the platforms and and the opportunities available um, mm -hmm. is kind of a wild west frontier when it comes to social media and the internet and everything. Um, obviously, like the music m business model has kind of shifted since we've seen streaming come in and Napster. Oh, yeah. and Netflix Even and do you guys like follow that much, or do you? You, you know have an eye towards the the business side of things or or is it purely an artistic outlet or kind of somewhere in between um, yeah we're pretty much mainly just just for fun like we even stopped doing any shows where they expect us to bring people because we got tired of pressuring our friends into going to stuff so yeah we pretty much after we did some shows like that we were I, like this is becoming more stressful than it than an outlet so I can relate. Let's just switch to only only fun ones that we want to do and that we're not bugging people for. Yeah, I uh, I I came to call that commoditizing relationships, mm, and it started yes. feeling very disingenuous. And it's like, hey, you know, you. you so this is a big topic for me. Mm -hmm. um, I have concerns that people are getting too comfortable being manipulated, yes. you know, uh, social media or, or whatever it is. And, and there's, there's some degree where it's like, Oh, well, I'm motivating a person to come check out my art versus manipulating them into behaving in a way that they normally wouldn't otherwise. So I think like as artists, we have streams of people that won't genuinely want to check out art and are into, you know, so the, for, for folks who aren't aware you guys are like kind of a folksy duo. We've got, ukulele and acoustic guitar mm -hmm. and and a female singer and a male singer and you, you guys kind of blend everything together nicely there's people out there that are like yes that is exactly my style right. that i want to listen to with my cup of coffee on sunday morning um and and like so the trick seems to be how do we reach those people that are ready for it without having to, to commoditize all of our friendships and trample on the backs of people that are like hey man i love you i support you um, I want nothing but the best for you, but I don't go see live music, right? You know, so that's awkward for me to, to have to buy your $5 or $10 ticket. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a bunch of issues wrapped up in one there, but you know, kudos for you to be aware of that and kind of pump the brakes and say, Hey, you know, where are the artistic outlets that we, that we are comfortable with rather than just, um, you know, this club says we can play here if we pre-sell 15 tickets, you know, like that's, yeah, that's a like, model that does, it feels even, shady to me. We, yes. even, <laughs> we even like had a, an offer to play a South by Southwest in Austin, but they wanted us to pay them to play. And it was like, I think it was, it was like, like $300 for, yeah, it turned out minutes. to be like, like 50 bucks every five minutes. Yeah. And it was like $50 a song to pay them. And we're like. Yeah. I don't really think to that's get how the exposure art work. in front of the industry, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um. I think too, one of the struggles we had early on, um, when we first started doing live performances, we've been playing for about two and a half years. Two and a half years. Um, actually it'll be three years in November. Yeah. Anniversary coming right? up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm anniversary coming up. 
And when we first started, we did a lot of live performances. Um, Some of them were just open mics, you know, that type of thing on a Friday night. And we were definitely like, hey, friends, family, come check us out. Well, when we only had five original songs, we played the same five original songs at every show. Right. Like your friends don't want to hear the same five songs. Right. But you need to practice show. performing right. those songs in exactly. front of other people. Right. So that's when we started kind of realizing like, okay, so people can support us without being at our show. You know, our my parents specifically, they bought Happy Am t-shirts and they wear those t-shirts to every concert that they come to. Mm. I mean, you can tell. It has our old, parents. old logo that we don't use anymore. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And um, I finally told him, I was like, don't feel like you have to come to every show. Uh, and then, of course, if we've as we've gotten new music, um, people have asked us, like, do you know what you're going to be playing? And then they're more interested in coming when it's something that they either haven't heard a thousand times or, mm-hmm. um, you know, some new music. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we make music that's more our style. And a lot of our friends and relatives aren't into the same kind of music we are. Sure. Like friends who and like that's rap something music to or be punk respected. rock music. And it's like... I know they probably don't want to come hear this kind of music <laughs> and they're just doing it to be nice, but then you feel like you're taking advantage of them. Yeah. And yeah. It can get weird. So that's, what's nice about gig salad. I think that Ryan uses, I mean, he specifically puts the style that he is like the price range, um, the type of events that he's open to. And then people can contact him to say, Hey, we've got this event for this many people, this time and day, you know, this is what we're looking for. And then mm-hmm. he can either decline or accept oh, the, cool. the offer. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, once you make a connection there, yeah. a lot of times those are the people, like you said, who are into that style music, their friends are also into it. And, you know, you get a little promotion that way. Yeah. I think um, for me personally, you can let me know if this uh, resonates with you at all. But uh, when I was first pursuing, you know, being a performing artist in, in any capacity, it was kind of like say yes to everything. Yes. And you, you, you know, just like you throw yourself out there. Um, and then after some time and, and feeling that out a little bit, you, you can be more strategic um, and say yes to the right things. Exactly. And put your energies towards things that, that are going to be productive for you. So uh, what was the, so you guys just released Catch Me If I Go. Yes. Um, it's, uh, let's get the plugs out of the way. Where can we find uh, you guys online or um, the EP? Um, what's uh... Uh, that should be pretty much everywhere. We release release it through Root Note, so that brings it to like Spotify, Apple Music. And then, do you have a um, preferred channel? Is there a way that we, people can support if they're ready to to pitch in a couple bucks? Oh, for that, camp? yeah, that would be Bandcamp. We have it on Bandcamp as well. We just have it for free, but you can pay if you okay. want to but mm-hmm. yeah we have it i've, I've done releases on Bandcamp like yeah. like that as well very good platform from the artist perspective yeah. um mm-hmm. and yeah it's it's been i haven't had really any issues with it it feels like i'm my own distributor exactly. they take their cut for having the platform mm-hmm. yeah that, but, that's kind of my favorite but the yeah. only reason we we kind of use like spotify and them more is just because that's what everyone else uses but for yeah, for like a lot us, of listeners do don't know about Bandcamp. I mm-hmm. feel like I feel like that could probably be promoted a little more. Like, hey, you can you know listen to music this way. But yeah. like everyone's heard of Spotify and iTunes, you know, so that's why we throw those out there as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so uh, catch me if I go. Um, f- let's talk about the process getting it recorded and released first, and then I've got some specific questions about the tunes. Yeah. Um, so. I've seen you guys have uh, released music before as Happy mm-hmm. Yams. You know, mm-hmm. if you go to Spotify, there's other releases on there as, w- as well. Yes, yeah, our third okay. five-song EP. Yeah, so what felt right about this timing and, and getting it down? Um, you know, what was the, the impetus to release some some new music? Well, I will say I'm probably the one that puts the damper <laughs> on the music sometimes um, because I was working full-time and going to school for a while. And this semester I took off. And so that allowed us to play with the music a little more, Mm -hmm. um, do some recording and things like that. Uh, We're always kind of just coming up with song ideas. I'm sure any artist is like this where you got a nice list in your phone or tucked away of, you know, lyric ideas, song ideas. And we kind of try to wait until we have a good um, five 
kind of fleshed out ideas. Mm-hmm. And then that's when we really work um, our songwriting. Some of the songs uh, are like mainly me. Some of the songs are mainly Ryan, but we have a lot of fun when we work on them together. Sure. Uh, and so, you know, finding the time to do that is important. And then... Um, Ryan is our professional recorder. <laughs> yeah, I have no uh, schooling or any experience. I just do everything through Bandcamp or no, what, um, what's it? Yeah. Garage Band. Garage Band. Yeah, that's um, the other band thing. Yes, and and we just have a like a sixty dollar snowball microphone. Sure. And that's what we do everything on. So uh-huh. it's not the most high quality recordings, but I just I do what I can. Yeah. No, that's without exactly. knowing anything about them. I've watched some YouTubes to sure. improve stuff, but then, it sounds great when you listen to just that. But then when you like compare it to music on the radio, like right afterwards, or you're like, oh, that is way cleaner and nicer but you it's not it's a bad a place to start though right uh, exactly i listened back on so my first official like solo endeavor because i'd played in bands before um it's called portraits of the artist portraits of the artist portraits of the young man as an artist mm. and it was a flip on james joyce's book uh, mm-hmm. which is portraits of the artist as a young man uh because i was like i was kind of coming at it with some humility i was like i'm a young man first trying out artistry you know, whereas that book is all about like, he's an artist and he, you know, has to live his life too. Right. And, and so balance is another huge theme. So this podcast is basically chronicling my, my incremental progress Mm -hmm. in my musical journey, as well as those in my community. Um, you know, you guys, Ben Anderson, Chris Voitall, um, it's been really fun to have some conversations with folks, uh, about their perspectives and their experiences. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and then also balancing out family and stuff. Like you were saying that sometimes you have to pump the brakes on music stuff Mm -hmm. but like life is the priority for like a balanced life i think we we can look at examples of artists that have gone way off the deep end (laughs) and have lost that sense of balance and sense of reality and sometimes that's awesome when it comes to the art that they can produce but then part of me i i at least get a little like scared of that i'm like that that's a little terrifying to me it's like uh, almost as if you're like on a drug trip that never ends <laughs> you know it's like you never come back to to you know reality reality and and i'm kind of i'm a blessed family man um and i've you know i kind of hold things down and i want to do art in a way that is in balance with everything so i just wanted to say like don't be hard on yourself that it it, it flows and comes in and out mm-hmm. and then also like so that that first thing that i put out was snowball microphone at home late at night accidentally got some of the air conditioning on one of the vocal tracks and I listened back on it I was like wow you know there's room for improvement but that will always have a special place in my heart because I was like wow that's when I got the courage to hit record Mm -hmm. and you know put my soul out on paper Um, even our third EP which which is the one that just came out I there's one song on it where I just I kept breathing too loud (laughs) because it's like it's finger picking so that mic had to be super close and so i just all i notice is my breaths in the yeah. mic, in it so i just kept trying to edit those out oh. and then i then i made it so you couldn't hear it but then the guitar just didn't sound nice so right. i ended up just leaving all the breathing in the song and we just released it with the breaths which of course when i listen to it i don't hear the breath sure. at all you know right. what i mean so right. it's, yeah you kind of look at all those little things yeah have you uh so you were talking about looking at youtube and stuff i do the same thing this is um yeah. logic pro um the, the program i used to use something called cool edit um so most of the digital software stuff uh, audio software is, is you know once you get a hang of it you can yeah. kind of you kind of figure it out um and this is the diy generation and right. the age where it's like yeah i'll go on youtube and watch 30 hours of youtube videos um you know deal with the three minute advertisement that pops up in the middle of it. And I'm like, well, you know, that's that's good as a college education, you know, Mm -hmm. in in some respects, if you're listening to the right stuff and you apply yourself. Um, So yeah, man, uh, I think it's very cool that you do that at home. Like I I see a lot of, you know, my experience in that as as well. Um, And just keep, keep hustling at it um, for sure. Well, and two, it, I, I think it's important because, you know, if we waited to release music until we had the money and time to do a professionally recorded, I mean, we would still be waiting, you know, yeah. but at this point we've been able to put some music out there, reach people, express ourselves and, and 
get started on it, like you said. And I think to me, yeah, the journey is, is half the fun. Yeah, absolutely. And how lucky are we that we have these platforms available to us? Right. You know, before it would sure. have been maybe get it on a cassette somehow, yeah. <laughs> right? Or, you know, prior to that, who knows? Like, it's just playing for the people that come over to your barbecue. Exactly. Right? Um, so speaking of expressing yourself, um, Catch Me If I Go, uh, I've listened to it a few times. Sorry, I've listened Thanks. to it on Spotify. So I'm, uh, you know. <laughs> that's why uh, I <laughs> listen to it too. I, ju- I just want to get one song that has over a thousand plays one yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> just because get, get you feel uh, like a real artist. I think once you pass that point, because all of them just say the amount of plays less than a thousand, and I want it to say like a thousand and four. Yeah, I actually think it's kind of nice of them to have that thousand dollar threshold so that it doesn't say you know twelve. Right. Yeah, (laughs) I like that too. That's true. That's very true. We probably have around nine hundred and ninety ish for all of our songs. Exactly. (laughs) I'm probably the nine hundred ninety eighth. Right. Oh, it's it's the rim shot. So, uh, so yeah, the the tunes on here are very, very. Very cool. I like the writing a lot. Um, so the the first tune, Meet Me in the Sky, has this neat imagery of, you know, you being on a flying trapeze mm-hmm. and then you getting shot out of a cannon, right? Yes. It's a circus song. Yeah. And it was actually inspired. Um, we, our songs are all, like always inspired by either life events or funny or not like TV shows and things like that. Okay. Um, and we were able to do a family vacation um, this summer uh, to uh, in Cancun where they had like this circus thing that you could try. And I got to try flying trapeze. Nice. And it was like such an incredible experience. And I had so much fun with it um, that that kind of was like, well, hey, can we make this into a song? That's really badass. Yeah. I never, yeah. I never like would have guessed that you were like, well, I actually did that. <laughs> yeah. Because like, I songwrite because it allows me to be, you know, the superhero right, in the story. Right. But like, I don't actually want to do the flying <laughs> trapeze. I, like, I did it too one time and it was terrifying. So I just <laughs> didn't do it after that. <laughs> yeah. We didn't do any cannon shooting though. That one, that yeah. one wasn't. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, and then Ryan jumped in the cannon yeah, right. and, <laughs> and you got to light the fuse. Um, so, I think that's the one that we wrote on the song together. Most yeah. of the others were kind of solos for this one. So you kind of build them out solo and then bring them together mm-hmm. for, for the, for, you know, for the final version of the song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I thought was interesting between the different songs, like that first song, uh, Meet Me in the Sky, the, the hook is about like, you, you've got you, I've got me. Uh, it's all we need. Right. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the gist of it. Um, and then some of the other tunes are about, you know, uh, the ins and outs of love and coming together and, and find, you know, becoming whole, right. That was a theme on, right. on one of the tunes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I think that's when I find you is, yes, is about becoming yes. whole, um, and being made for each other and those sorts of things. So one of the things that I thought was neat as a listener was I was like, on the one hand in love, you still have to be yourself. And on the other hand, you have to give all of yourself to the duo mm-hmm. to, to make it work. And yet like, these ideas, it, it almost seems paradoxical, right. but you can hold those <laughs> ideas in your head at the same time. Yes. It's like everyone still is themselves. Um, yeah, exactly. We have that conversation often. Yeah. Like all the time about how, how we want to make sure we're still completely separate people, but at the same time, we're like completely not separate people. Yeah, um, I guess we should also let the listeners know, Ryan and I are dating. (laughs) Um, We started Happy Yams just as friends, and then probably about six months into performing, we realized that we meshed in other ways as well. And that was going to be my first question <laughs> on the podcast today, but I didn't want to ambush you. Yeah, no if, if you were like, no, no, we're not. Yeah, I was we're not like, dating, oh, not at all. You know? uh, okay. Um, no. So we, we've been in a relationship for just over two years now. Cause you know, we've been playing for about, about three years. Right. And we both realize that we are the type of people who sometimes like absorb the other person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you know what that means in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And it was really important for us to both maintain our separate identities um, while still being able to come together and do things like the happy yams, mm-hmm. you know, have a, a, a together while still embracing both of our skills. And so the songs for this, um, I'm kind of, I'm glad you picked up on that theme because that was actually a theme, um, I had with the songs that I wrote for this song or for the EP. Mm -hmm. And it is, it's a concept of, I am enough for myself. 
Um, even the When I Find You song, it's, um, you know, I'll be whole when I find you. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be the complete person I need to be once I, you know, reach the point, you know, for a relationship type of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Very cool. Something that I think um, is mature yet relatable. Yes. You know, even uh, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you guys? Am I a little bit I'm your senior? 28. 28 oh, okay mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm 25 <laughs> I'm, thir- I'm 34 okay and uh, me and my wife uh, got together about 10 years ago nice um my oldest daughter's eight okay. so I've been on the family journey for quite a while <laughs> yes. and it doesn't stop be- it doesn't stop being important that you're individuals that come together yes. um you were saying like absorb that. each other mm-hmm. what happens if you both absorb each other and then there's there's no one no person anchoring mm-hmm. any identity there like yeah. that that can get squirrely real quick mm-hmm. and then you just spend all your time scrolling through Facebook, you know, social media and, and watching whatever's on TV. Exactly. No, um, we've come across that problem before. Yeah, we both have uh, uh, our own separate hobbies that are just ours, and then we have a bunch of shared hobbies too. Mm-hmm. So we we always try and consider that because up until this relationship, it's been like not mm, – that hasn't been happening much yeah. at all. Well, it takes failure to learn yes. learn yeah. how Practice, to succeed, time. right? Um, with with Proof. other people and in, in the past, and then it, you know together, together mm-hmm. also like those are the the really important ones if you can learn to grow together. Um, the concept of uh, a last love uh, in the constant yes is really sweet um, and something that I could relate to. I remember being in a, in that phase where I was like, you know. There, there's kind of expectation for me and my group of friends anyway, like, uh, you know, getting out of college and stuff. It was like, everyone still wants their own life and their freedom and everything. And I was like, I'm really starting to feel like I'm, I want to find like that one that, mm-hmm. that wants to build this together right. and not, together. yeah. And not make it uh, just a, a, you know, casual thing. Um, it, my wife, my, my wife will uh, laugh. Cause like we started dating by, by, uh, I think I was like, so you want to like do this all the time and just <laughs> you and me? And like that was, right, right. Uh, it was like a very, like, how do we figure this out? <laughs> very awkward way to get into a relationship. But uh, I'm glad I said something because we were both thinking it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Um, d- do you want to elaborate on that at all? Is that one of Ryan's yeah. songs? That is or? A Ryan I wrote song. that one. Um, so pretty much the chorus. I just, I had that idea for the main line in the chorus. You'll be the last one that I love like this. Um, that was about Hannah. Um, <laughs> and then that's really all I had for the song was the chorus. So then I had this other idea for a song, um, inspired by an episode of Lost called The Constant. Okay. And so what I did was I just watched that episode of Lost and then I wrote down all the lines that I liked in it. And then I reworded a lot of the lines to make a song, which cool. also was about, um finding love so yeah finding a lost love so that's kind of how it worked it's like a half half a song about lost half a song about love uh-huh and one thing i like about it too is like it reminds you that there's like different types of love you know okay which uh, i was I also, just gonna steer yeah, us in that direction which i even tried to um kind of go for in my song uh when i find you um, because you realize like you love people differently, even in relationships, you know, it's yeah. a different type of love with each person. But then, you know, I, I'm a very emotional person and, you know, I tell my friends, I love them all the time, you know, like yeah. for me, like love is something that's not meant to be, you know, kept to yourself. It's meant to be shared uh, just in different ways and things like that. Yeah. Um, there's some lyrics about just say yes, if you're wondering, uh, if I love you, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah. That's and in fall. Mm-hmm. as a listener, I was like, okay, cool. Cause what, what it kind of spoke to me was what definition of love, you know, and yeah. you get up in your own head. You're like, this person says they love me, but do they love me in the way that I define love? Right. Do, how, how are they defining it? And there are these kind of, you know, intricacies and nuances of, of making a life together where, you know, you can talk it out, but some of it has to be gut instinct and, and vibes. Right. And, you know, articulating everything can, can sometimes, you know, kind of pull the curtain too far back. Um, <laughs> and I think as songwriters, we can relate to that. Yes. Like you can't, you know, always hit the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to dance around it a little bit but um but yeah just this 
this really intense notion of like, I live in my own mind and yet love is sort of the channel with which we can live together. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very cool. I got excited about yeah, that. No, I yeah, I, I wrote that one also kind of about Hannah. Um, <laughs> um, mainly because it's just like sometimes you're not, um, I don't know, like you're, you're, you don't feel like talking or, or you're just like feeling calm. You just want to lay in bed and then yeah. you're not like showing love. So it's just like, yeah, my, mm, my, I, I thought of that idea when I'm like, yeah, I love you, but I don't feel like talking or saying anything right now. So. Yeah. Hopefully you just know. So it's just like, yeah. if you're wondering, just, yeah, it's yes. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, my wife will ask me, are you, are you okay? Right. I'm like, I'm great. Sorry. Just having a little low energy moment here. Nothing's wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, if, if there is something I've, I've got, um, a lyric about speaking my mind, but you know, a little trouble now is better than a lot down the line, you know? Cause yeah. like, I'm like, so when I'm low energy and kind of quiet, usually it means that everything's cool. Mm -hmm. Like I, if I start getting uppity and, and start needing to talk, then you know, something's going on. Yeah. I've got this concept. So my wife and I get to go on a date tomorrow night and nice. we're excited. It's been a while. You know, we don't always uh, splurge on the babysitter to go out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was funny. I was like, so Saturday morning we need to have like an anti date first. Oh. We need to like, you know, talk about our bills, right? clean up the house, <laughs> take oh, care of our idea. old paperwork. Like it's like uh, we need to work together, but it's like the opposite of the date. So that way on Saturday night when we go out to dinner, I don't have all this shit in my head yes. where I'm like, hey, we need to work through some stuff before we can have fun it's again. It's all cleared out and then you get to enjoy it. Yeah. So That's I, smart. I, I like that. Yeah. I made myself chuckle thinking, calling it an anti-date. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, we're not, we're not fighting. We just have work to do. Right. You know? it's not all fun and games um and uh and then uh, so that notion of like yes you know don't be confident in my love for you mm -hmm. so, and and i can be confident in your love for me right um in a tune that i'm working on i i say something really simple i said i know you um how do i say it i said i know you would because i know i would right it's oh, it's having cool. it's having that trust in the other person. Yeah. And I mean, speaking too of, you know, people love differently. People also show love differently. You know, like uh, they say the love languages. Some people like gifts and people like words. Yes. Some people like actions. My older sister turned me on to that. Yeah. yeah. And I think it makes a huge difference. Yeah, and, I, I'm into that. And so, you know, if Ryan and I aren't in the same love language boat at the same time, this is his way of like, hey, even though you don't perceive it how you think, you know, I'm portraying it how I know how to portray it. Mm -hmm. And so having that song and that line was like a verbal connection of just so you know, mm -hmm. it's yes. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I think that was actually a, a birthday present for me. Nice. Was it? Yeah. I think I'm, I think that's is you. that me? That no. might be me. That's right. Sometimes my computer rings at me oh, when I'm getting phone my calls. Does that. I, I got to figure out how to turn that off. Here we go. Sorry. Sorry. There's a new song for you. Yeah, let's turn, let's <laughs> let's morph jam. morph that into a new melody. Yeah. So, anything else about the EP that you guys wanted to share? Um, yep. uh, you you did have a little uh, hiccup getting it finalized oh, or released yes, we or. Did. We've actually, so the EP on Spotify just came out this week and we, I think, submitted it like a month ago. Yeah, it's been a long process. I think we finished writing all those songs like six months ago or something. Mm -hmm. And then they were all done recording over a month ago. I uploaded it to Bandcamp and then um, Spotify said it'll take seven to 14 days, but then it took, I want to say like four. 45 or something and you take care of all that yourself right yeah it's through, it's through root note because okay. they let you do it for free digital um, distribution yeah and you can pick a date but is it has it to be real, like three is months it out really free yeah uh, completely free they don't no such thing as free well they, free, they like they take a percentage of the royalties but since it's us we're not going to be making any royalties we have like yeah. Like six monthly visitors or something. It's a so it's a so oh, way to It's pretty much free. They'll probably it. make like a total of four cents off of us. Yeah. Throughout our lives. Yeah. But that's fine because they'll yeah. they'll take four cents from every Tom, Dick, and Harry, and you know make a business out of it. But and then Tom, exactly. Dick, and Harry feel fulfilled because they exactly. get to release music. 
Yeah. But yeah, with using that free service, they it it can have more problems. Yeah. I messaged them after like two weeks and said, it's been 15 days. And then they sent this message. I was like, oh, sorry, we're looking into it. Right. And then it should be out seven to 14 days from now. So then I checked 15 days later and I was like, still not out. Then they sent the same copy and paste message mm, from last time. And right. I was like, this is the same message. Are you sure you're actually looking into it? But then they, <laughs> then they released it. They replied and said, yeah, well, we'll actually look into it this time pretty much. And then they got it out the next day after that. Okay. You got to push a little bit sometimes and make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. We can't entirely lose that. Um, That sometimes it does, uh, it does take a little push. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congrats on the EP. Very cool. Um, Any uh, visions for the future? What's next or what can we expect? Um, You know, obviously we're balancing art and life right um, right um we actually just recently reconnected with another music friend um he also does podcasts actually too which cool. was kind of cool he's been getting like local musicians um but he who's that uh his name's colton berry he's okay. with the colton berry band cool <laughs> he's now with the high dive that yes yes he just that was his old band he's with the high dive now cool and he does um like slightly more professional I mean it's not like professional but it is I mean he does good recordings and we were talking with him about possibly doing like a CD instead of an EP so mm-hmm. I think we have like 15 songs now are yeah yeah about. around there so we have like enough for a full a full album so we're thinking about doing that cool soon cool and then getting in with uh, one of the festivals coming up, did you say? Yeah, the November? Mesa Music Festival. Normally they contact, well, last year I should say, they contacted us since we'd played the year before. Um, I think we're communicating with them right now via email and just waiting to hear back. Um, and then we we are um, we are both uh, live the vegan lifestyle, and so we do like supporting the vegan mm-hmm. um or festivals that happen around here Mm -hmm. so we always apply to those two to play at those and our last song actually on the ep um is kind of vegan based it's called be kind i i I caught that yeah yeah it's just a short one because you know don't be a cannibal exactly and and if you don't if you shouldn't be a cannibal maybe don't eat animals right right right. and like you know rhymes that would be a good line oh yeah cannibal animal hey that'll be on our next ep yeah you you guys can have that one I don't need any co-writing credit on that. <laughs> right, right. You, just you, put your name really You guys tiny can on. run with that. <laughs> yeah, so we're hoping to do Veg Out again mm-hmm. next next year because that was fun. Yeah. And there is another one. Um, I think it's called Southwest Veg Fest in November. And what's nice about theirs is they always make it completely free for everyone. Um, and so I think we're going to try to get in there as well. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Do, uh, do you have a few minutes to talk about your veganism? Yeah, totally. Um, how, how long has that been? Has it been a process? How'd you get it involved? And yeah. how's, it, how's it going? Because I, I felt a little, um, a little, uh, you know. It was, place at Veg Out? It was interesting to be a meat eater. <laughs> yes, at, at a playing vegan, vegan festival. <laughs> and it was my second vegan festival oh, really? in like four weeks. Wow. Yeah. So I had this like, you know, little springtime of playing vegan fests. <laughs> and I was like, this is kind of nice. Like maybe right? I should look into this. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, Good food, you know. I'm intrigued by nutrition and mm-hmm. ethics. And it seems to be like the, you know, the intersection of morality Absolutely. and nutrition. Um, so yeah, how'd you get it? How'd you get into that? Um, so I've been vegan for about three and a half years. Um, I originally, I actually have a sibling who's been vegan for like 15 years (laughs) and I was always like, eh, that's for you, not for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then in 2012, um, I took refuge as a Buddhist and so I'm actually a practicing Buddhist. And along that path, um, it does, just... Does take refuge mean something specific or is yes, that... Yes, it's essentially like being confirmed in the Christian okay. religion, uh, kind of similar to baptism in a sense. Yeah. There was water dripped on my head, you know, all that good stuff. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, I dabble in philosophy. Oh, we, nice. We, we yes, could, we could talk. We, we could do a second podcast, yeah, you know. We, we need a follow-up <laughs> podcast where right. we, we put the music stuff aside. Right. Um, and so I just, somewhere along that path, um, 
I kind of realized it just didn't seem right to me to be eating animals when the lifestyle I was living was supposed to promote compassion to everyone and everything. Mm. Um, and so I first originally thought, well, maybe I'll stop eating meat. Um, because it just kind of fit my belief system at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, a friend of mine was like, you know, I'll stop eating meat too. Um, and when we started looking into it, we were like, oh, maybe we should also, you know, not eat eggs or dairy. Like when you start looking into the industry, you start learning a lot of things that it's not hidden. It's just nobody, you know, normally looks for it. Right. Because it's so socialized in how we grow up. Sure. And... um uh, I went cold turkey. It was definitely an interesting experience. Um, for me, what I miss most, because that's what everybody always asks, <laughs> is uh, desserts. I miss just being able to eat any dessert that I see. Like, I was uh, okay. kind of a, you know, if people so bring to in donuts to, to work, like, right. now I don't get those donuts. <laughs> right. Um, but for me, it's it's worth being inconvenient because, you know, I'm not vegan for the convenience. I originally went for the ethics reason. For the principle of exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then the nutrition aspect um, is definitely a perk. Uh, you can totally be an unhealthy vegan, though, because... Uh, Oreo, that's where Ryan comes that's in. That's where Ryan comes in. Uh, Oreo cookies are vegan. I mean, French fries are vegan. Like, you know, you have to definitely look at the nutrition side versus, sure. um, you know, vegan healthy type of thing. Right. So eating a bunch of calories, yes. but, but not but <laughs> empty not getting, calories, not sugars, nutrition per mm -hmm. se. And uh. then um, when Ryan and I first started hanging out, um, he was just really thoughtful in the fact that uh, he decided to be vegan whenever we would have a meal together. So if we were doing band practice, we were getting dinner, he'd, he would eat vegan also. Oh, cool. Because he was kind of interested in it as well. Um, and then he moved up to once a week being vegan. I think he had like vegan Wednesday. Yeah. And then um, from there... Well, I guess, yeah, let me have you talk. So I, I went to the Sasquatch Music Festival a year, two years ago, I guess. And then just the day before, or no, I should go back even further. I was, um, I was on a trip with my friend and we went to Philadelphia, um, New York and Boston. And then all in one day I had a Philly cheesesteak from Philadelphia a New York slice of pizza and then uh and then uh a Boston cream pie in Boston then I was like you know that was a pretty good last day so maybe I'll just go vegan the oh, next day you had like a food bender and yeah it wasn't even before, on purpose I just decided like yeah maybe I'll just do it uh-huh so then then I I got home I didn't I didn't really tell anyone I was doing it for like weeks later and then, like right after you, I got home from an that, we went an on Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah, and then that's when I started um, telling people I'm doing it because I was hanging out with a bunch of people all day long at Sasquatch, and then yeah, not eating we'll all the stuff. Noticing that you eating. being discerning about your food choices. Yeah, so I did it in secret for a couple weeks, just in case I like I couldn't do it, and then I just like started eating a bunch of non-vegan stuff. Then I wouldn't be as embarrassed because I don't want <laughs> right. The once escape you, plan. If you tell a lot of people, then and then it's kind of like lame if they see you doing that. It's like, oh, you couldn't do it. Lame. Yeah. So then after I realized it wasn't that bad, um, then I started telling people. Mm -hmm. I think I told Hannah maybe like two weeks later. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, I've been ever since I haven't eaten anything. So one of my questions um, for you guys in this vein is, uh, do you find that being intentional about food is, is like a muscle of where you're exercising intentionality um, across other areas of your life as well. Because um, it seems like, uh, you know, Hannah, you were saying it's not that the information isn't there. It's mm -hmm. just that you don't really look over there. You're just like, eh, let's not consider the source of this. Right. Let's just enjoy that it's, you know, um, you know, seared and buttery and, and delicious <laughs> on delicious, my plate. Right. Um, but like, you know, there's something to be said and i don't know if it's just the natural sort of maturity that happens through life but you start wondering where stuff is coming from and what did we inherit as individuals and as a society and you know like I, i'm 
I'm optimistic for the future because I feel this wave of intentionality sweeping through um, kind Absolutely. of the nation and the moment. And there's there's much more progressive nations than America. Yes. Right. So I think we mm-hmm. have we have things to learn from from other places as well. Mm-hmm. But do, do you feel that um, was there sort of a. Um, a paradigm shift in your own thinking although you came to it through buddhism as well so that's a pretty big like you know right i mean that definitely has continued to shape um shape my life and how i think and how i act and how i behave um but no i i definitely think what you're saying in the intention um that was a jumping off point for me because for myself you know once you start thinking more about this um and another big thing about um veganism too is the environment like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of um the meat industry and dairy industry that um it's actually the biggest thing that destroys the environment Mm -hmm. like people are like you know no plastic straws which is great but you know stop eating meat makes such a bigger difference because Mm -hmm. of what the industries do and um, my New Year's resolution this year was to uh, kind of that like mass scale factory farming exactly like, yeah, commercialization at all cost right right fertilizer runoff like, that exactly yeah. that's it, okay. you know you know going into streams and just the amount of money and things like that but um, like my New Year's resolution this year was to uh, try to be less wasteful. Mm-hmm. both in like things I purchase um you know we started uh doing a compost service that's actually local they like come and pick it up and everything which is really nice Hell yeah. um it's called uh so recycled your, your City. banana peels exactly and, and I mean else. hey we eat a lot of fruits and veggies you know we're vegan yeah so um, it's a lot of hides of yeah, <laughs> right. things yeah and so I mean Ryan Veggie even mentioned hides. right uh Ryan even mentioned that like we take the trash out so much less since we started composting. Sure. Um, and then we know the specific recycled city for two weeks, we put our, um, you know, food waste in a bucket and they do take like meat and things too. It's not just for like vegans or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they actually have a local, um, farm that's like just outside of Phoenix where they compost everything, um, grow their food and then sell it at local farmer markets and things like that. Very cool. So, yeah, I think the intersectionality of all this Mm -hmm. is really important for this moment of time. I was telling my wife last night, I was like, I, in some respects, I'm a little jealous of my parents' generation because I feel like they were the generation that didn't have to know better. Ignorance is bliss. And now we're the generation yes. and our kids are the generation that are like, you really should know better. <laughs> right, you right. Know, it's like if you're still denying what's right in front of you and underneath your nose, um, you know, health outcomes, um, you know, all sorts of things when it comes to just like going by the status quo. And I think it's, it's hard like, too because with our, you know, generation versus our parents, um, I mean, things are just progressing exponentially, you know, with technology and the way things change and job markets. And I mean, we talked about how the music market is even different now. Sure. Um, and so, you know, it is a lot to kind of catch up on and you can almost always feel like you're slightly behind it as you're trying to figure out what is going on. Is this good? Is this bad? I mean, for example, like, you know, there's an article eating eggs is good for you. Then eating eggs is bad for you the next year. And then the next year it is actually good for you as long as you only eat this part of the, you know, it's right. Yeah. So I think the antidote to all that is developing self discipline absolutely and if you never try anything that is you know requires intentionality and Mm -hmm. and discernment you'll never get to a point where you've practiced that you know self-discipline right um which reminds me one of your other lyrics is like it only takes a moment to be who you believe or or, or do what you believe Mm -hmm. act act Act, even better right as a songwriter i'm like that that word needs to be right it's act right because that's that's where the rubber meets the road is what did you do? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in, in these times of sort of like, you know, social division and things and, and dealing with these explosions of technology and, and just the way things are, um, I, it does take a little bit of faith to be like, all right, each individual needs to act in accordance with their beliefs through these moments. And, you know, you kind of have to trust that people's better angels to borrow a, a, right. a phrase from a writer, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe Steven Pinker. I'm not sure. Um, but, um, you know, 
we can't be everywhere at once, mm-hmm. but we have to be ourselves and responsible for our own actions. Um, something that I sometimes keeps me up at night because I'm yeah. like, I did I do the best I could have part done of, today? Part of my brain is like, oh, I support this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, my actions don't always align with that. Right. And that dissonance is, is a source of stress. But I think you can really like, you, you can create your own bliss by getting in alignment with yourself. And that was the trigger point for when I went vegan was I'd been thinking about for a long time, like, you know, my, in, you know, in Buddhism, um, one of the biggest things that triggered it for me is there's the concept of um, everyone was once your mother. Mm. So, uh, you know, if you believe in reincarnation, you can be reborn and um, interact with the same people in different roles. And if this has happened thousands and thousands of times, whether you're a human or an animal or what, then at some point, each person, each animal, each creature that you interact with has probably been your mother. And so you should treat them as if they are still your mother. Mm-hmm. Um, so yo mama jokes are right. about everyone. <laughs> For everyone, you know, yo mama. Uh, and so that was, I was like, well, I wouldn't eat my mom. So, <laughs> you know, that kind of led me onto that path that way. And I just think, too, it's a good mindset to have, um, you know, how they say, treat everyone how you would want to be treated. I've always kind of had a little bit of an issue with that, um, going back to even the love language things, because not everyone wants to be treated the way I want myself to be treated. Mm. Um, For example, I have a friend. We're very good friends. I'm a very huggy, touchy person. She is not a huggy, touchy person. And it took me a really long time um, that when we part ways, I don't hug her when we leave. And I would always forget it until I go to hug her and she's just standing there in the most awkward, like, oh, please don't touch me. But she's trying to be nice and not say anything. And now I've got trained myself, you know, not to hug her. And so I think treat others how they want to be treated is Mm. how I think of it. Mm Mm-hmm. If, if they know what's good for them. Right, right, right. exactly. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's on each side, you gotta, gotta give a little, so. Yeah. I, um, so when it comes to anything, uh, you know, these, these theories of, of everyone's your mother, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of like, I, I, mm, the journey I'm on is I, like, in, have to intellectualize this stuff. Like, I almost, you know, me and my wife were trying to find a church for our family. I was raised Catholic, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, we were, this was back in Maryland. We were entertaining the idea of joining this Methodist church, oh. and we had this, like, credo that we needed to state our beliefs. Right. And I, like, looked at it, and I thought about it, and I was like, well, okay, like, so do I really believe Jesus yeah, right, right. And, like, like, died for our sins and stuff? Check and mark, like, and check like, mark. And I was like, well, in my mind, if man is created in God's image, then we have a little Jesus in all of us. And if no one ever died, then no one could ever live. So everyone that dies is dying for our sins. So oh. I say yes. Yes. Yeah, right. Okay, amen. <laughs> like, I'll sign up. Through there, yeah, right? so I'd like lawyer myself uh-huh. to acceptance, right. which is, I don't know if that's the appropriate thing to do, but like... I mean, it works at the time. Yeah, so when you're talking about everyone's your mother, I think, well, you know, there's like laws of energy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and I did not... I did not choose to be me. You know, I I don't choose to have the electricity in my body to to help me move my hands and Mm -hmm. speak and stuff. And it's like, yeah, that energy comes from somewhere, right? I would wither away if I never consumed any energy. Um, um, So yeah, in some ways it's like, if energy is eternal, then yeah, we're all everything and ourselves all the time. Just sharing in the as they say, you know, matter is neither created nor destroyed on yeah. the science side of things. Yeah. It's, you know, energy is, I think, similar. Yeah. But we're in these manifestations of like this really cool moment of reality mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, yeah, well, I'm me. You're you. You're you. Mickey's Mickey. That's all we need. Hanging out in my lap. <laughs> hey, buddy. He's like the fourth member of the podcast today. Nice. He's, he's been busy. Yeah, he has. <laughs> um, no, very cool. I, um, I listen to a lot of Sam Harris. Um, do you know him? Waking up with Sam Harris. It's a good podcast. I don't think I've heard. No, I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Um, I only listen to his Spotify podcast pretty much. Yeah, he's he's on all the platforms. Um, he's a neuroscientist philosopher, mm. and he has super smart guests on, mm-hmm. and it's it's helped me kind of retrain my brain to, to get excited about learning and introspection and intentionality. Um, so between him and, and this guy, Jordan B. Peterson, he wrote a book called the 12, 12 rules for life and antidote to chaos, Mm. um, where he, he's basically like, yeah, there's, there is a lot of suffering, 
but like the beauty is aiming high and aiming true Mm -hmm. and persisting anyway and that is like that's how you create heaven on earth yeah so between those guys i've like gotten to a really comfortable place like mentally in terms of having these things to fall back on right while i'm trying to live a better life Mm -hmm. yeah so just wanted to share those no i like that because it seems like those would be some of those too up your alley i mainly only listen to political podcasts oh really you've got a little political junkie side of you yeah do you follow local politics much um yeah a little bit okay is Kristen cinema really gonna come rape my babies (laughs) (laughs) i'm getting these attack ads i know i saw really intense attack ad too that i was like i feel uncomfortable listening to this yeah yeah um what what are your interests uh and did you like study politics at all or just kind of pick it up i just I just got into it the last couple of years, mainly. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of podcast? I guess around the... Well, I listen to uh, Pod Save America. Okay. And those type, um, like Love It or Leave It, which is one of the guys from Pod, Pod Save America. Okay. What's the general gist of that? I haven't checked that out yet. Um, well, that, that podcast started... Um, based upon like what Democrats are doing wrong. I think it started around when Hillary Clinton lost and they just did a podcast based on why she lost. And then it just turned into um, bad strategy leading to bad results or yeah, yeah, that kind of thing, that kind of thing. But then it just turned into uh, the same kind of news that most everyone's playing these days. Just what, what, Trump's doing wrong all the time. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, do you feel that it is balanced and and like and and logical in its assessment? Um, or do you do you? It's definitely more um, any bias in it. It's definitely slightly biased towards um, towards Democrats, but it's all it's all more intelligent. Kind of than, zoom out and look at it. Yeah, like exactly. The, like the strategies of it. Yeah, it's it's more for for Democrats for sure. But then they also, like, when Democrats screw up, they they call them out and they aren't. Mm-hmm. They're more fair. So, I don't know if it's so much biased towards Democrats or. Do you just have any Republicans have been having more of the, the the drama lately to talk about? But right. I I feel like when there's Democrat problems, they they discuss it and they're very um very strict about that too like they'll they will hate on democrats when they're doing things wrong yeah it's really helpful to find those people or those media things that you know whether it be a podcast or a specific personality that you know you can kind of turn to them to distill information in a way that you can consume it without you having to do all the research Mm -hmm. but you can you know there's still takes a bit of a leap of faith to trust, you know, that what yeah. you're hearing is, is enough of the picture for you to form your own opinions. Um, that, that's, that's a big issue these days, right? Um, yeah. I, I start following, like I listen to the same news story pretty much four times each day. And then I did that for a while, the last like year till I can find out which, which source I actually prefer because it's all the same news story and then you can see how they spin it. And if they're spinning it too much, then I'm like, this isn't the place I want to pay attention to as much. So mm-hmm. I just listen to the one that seems to do both sides in a, in a more fair way. So I can really understand what my point of view is mm-hmm. and not just, um, not just have it warped by how they, they want me to think it. Mm-hmm. Are you, um, optimistic pessimistic uh i'm optimistic very optimistic good good um i think there's really legitimate reasons to be optimistic yeah um for sure the 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 young voters are are increasing more and more mm -hmm. each election that's a little scary too though it's like (laughs) what what do they what do they know (laughs) have they been around the block enough it's like how do we tear down the institutions that have you know effed things up so you know so miserably while retaining all the the good things that have you know got us to this point yeah, you know I think it's, it's like, a lot of um the the old voters have pretty much have been most of the voters so now that the young voters are kind of catching up then it's a little bit more fair for for everyone rather than what do older people want mm-hmm. only 
So that that's why I feel good about it that way. Yeah, my perspective when I was looking into this was um, like the campaign finance stuff seems to be problematic with lobbyists mm-hmm. being such a huge industry. Yeah. And then it's like, hey, I'll scratch your back if you scratch yeah. mine kind of thing. But there there's some movement there where like the you know the Bernie Sanders effect and right. you know people that are Grassroots. saying hey like it's not all like it doesn't have to be all hippy dippy and super progressive and you know like weak militarily it it let's just be more honest and more transparent right. and actually hash these issues out i heard a guy recently saying that something that bothers him that like presidential or or, or debates that are on tv mm-hmm. are timed He's like, why these shouldn't be timed? Let's get these candidates together, and if it takes six hours we talk to talk through it. the issues, let's talk through them. And imagine one candidate actually learning something or changing their perspective in some way through conversation, right? Well, because no if it's ideas in those debates. yeah, and if it's timed, I mean, you have you have your time planned. You know what I mean? You're not planning on listening to the other person because you have down to the time of what you're going to be saying. Yeah. And then it becomes talking points instead of actual conversation or persuading voters. It's like, I think we can evolve past the here are the four hot button issues. And if I think this on this issue, then that's the candidate for me. Mm -hmm. You know, um, that seems a bit antiquated. Yes. (laughs) uh, But yeah, so having youthful voices come into Congress and things. I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast where he interviewed Tulsi Gabbard. Um, I'm not sure if I'm getting her name right, but a congresswoman from Hawaii. And she was well-spoken, smart, knew the system inside and out, um, has what she calls the Future Caucus, um, which is like a bipartisan group within the group uh, of, of politicians that's like, hey, you know, we're the politicians that are under 40 and we actually can address, identify and address the, the issues that are going to be facing the nation mm-hmm. um, in a comprehensive or, or hope, you know, the best attempt kind of way. Um, so listening to her was was really refreshing to me. I was like, oh, good. They're not all crooks. <laughs> right. You're like, They're not all one. scam artists. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's been more and more of those recently. Yeah. So that feels good. Um, I'm going to have to read. I've got my Arizona pamphlet for the um, upcoming election. Yes. I got to educate myself on the issues um the preserve question i'm not sure if you guys have that where you live but um we there's this protect your preserve campaign going on Mm, so we've got um wilderness preserves right um Mm -hmm. in the sonoran desert Mm -hmm. and there's a group of of people that want to build this like nature center thing on it and seems innocuous enough right nature center that's nice let's Mm -hmm. build out the trailheads right there is some degree of building and maintenance that happens on on these preserves so that people can go hike and whatever um some citizens started looking into it and it turns out maybe there's a little bit of a story of a pet project here where okay we want to get these these city politicians to approve this so i can you know have my buddy's construction company come over here and build this you know kind of crony capitalism Mm. stuff and then citizens were getting upset and they said, hey, I think we need our citizen voice to be represented with any use of this preserve land. Right. Right. Um, which so the question on the on the ballot, it's prop 420. Actually, <laughs> they dropped the ball on which proposition right, should go right. with oh, that number. Man, bummer. No. <laughs> You're going to have a bunch of potheads oh, that show up true. and Voting check yes, yes on no. this. <laughs> they don't even read the fine print. But um, no, so the, the really uh, sort of manipulative thing is that the, the group that is saying, yes, citizens should have to vote on these referendum before we approve something um, is called Protect Our Preserve. And the group that wants wants it to be a, uh, a decision that can be made by the city council alone puts up signs that say protect your preserve mm. and like the font is similar and stuff and one sign says vote yes one sign says vote no oh. and if you drive around scottsdale you can see these different signs yeah, and it's purpose. like so on purpose yeah. so manipulative yeah. you can go ahead well there's um there's another one going out uh, about the like um, red for Ed yeah. sign yes for Ed. and it says yes for Ed and it's red and they use the same font 
And um, if you vote yes, it actually takes the money away from the public schools. Mm. And so they've like really twisted it so that people who aren't, you know, again, the information's out there. It's how it's portrayed to us. Right. And we don't always have, you know, it's good you have that pamphlet. That's why I always like to do the um, vote from home ballot Mm -hmm. because you can take the time to sit down and look stuff up and read things, you know. Yeah. But yeah, they get tricky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, as I, I'm, I'm, I was registered independent, I'm kind of left leaning on some things, right leaning on other things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, I just, I feel a desire. I don't know where I was going with that. I just lost my thought. <laughs> it's all right. Politics will do that to you. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was my point is like, don't make it murkier than it has to yeah. be. I'm looking for clarity, mm-hmm. honesty, you know. And everyone's all about these labels, but then when you look at the labels, it's, yeah, it's confusing. It's like, well, does that really mean this? That's and so funny that talking about this made my mind blank. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, That's this sign- the point right there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, I don't know. Let's uh, make sure everybody keeps keeps reading and, and trying their best. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Knowledge is power. Thanks for talking about that with yeah, me. Yeah, no, totally. I think it's it's fun stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um, anything else going on? We've 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 been at it for a while. We should probably wrap up here pretty soon. Yeah. I... You guys good? Music related, not anything else really. Yeah, I feel good about this. This was fun. We got to jam, play a little music, talk about music, make yeah. some new friends, pet a dog, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And as I promised, Mickey would end up on somebody's lap and Jack is nowhere to be seen. (laughs) Exactly. He's he's the antisocial dog. And then Mickey makes up for it. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for joining me. Happy yams. This was a, this was a blast. Yeah. No, thank you. Thanks for having us. All right. Cheers, guys. Bye. I hang with my knees from the high trapeze. There's never been a better time than You'll catch me if I go, so I'll just enjoy the show. I've never been more high above the ground. Cause I got me, and you got you. It's all that we need to get by. It only takes a moment to act how you believe. The weather's fine, so meet me in the sky. I have rolled up my sleeves Strapped in the cannon Aimed towards the clouds With wind in my hair I'm aimed to meet you up there I'm flying high And never coming down Cause I got me And you got you It's all that we need to get by Takes a moment to act how you believe The weather's fine, so meet me in the sky Me, me.